When I was a junior in high school getting ready for confirmation, during our retreat we were going over the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and we get to that lovely gift of fear of the Lord and that one gift, or really that one word, fear, sparked a whole hour-long conversation among all 15 of us classmates or so that were getting uh, confirmed together. Now for the rest of the year, everybody was basically silent and half dead in class and nobody wanted to talk about anything but as soon as the presenter talked about fear of the Lord, everybody shot up, what do you mean fear of the Lord? We're supposed to be scared of God? And this conversation went back and forth, well, yes, we should be afraid of God because he's that mighty. To the other extent of, well, I don't believe that a God who's all-powerful and all-loving at the same time would want us to be afraid of him. So what is this fear all about? And really, you have to look at it with a good perspective. Does God want us to be terrified of him? No, certainly not. What does fear of the Lord actually mean? Well, there's a right reason and right judgment that we use, and kind of like a son or daughter wouldn't want to offend their mom or dad, there's a fear of hurting that relationship, sure. But I think there's a recognition of the greater thing that's going on than the Gospels. It's getting to be that time of the year where it's really cooling down. Everybody's either getting over some sniffles or starting to get the sniffles. But all in all, we enjoy this time of the year. The holidays are right around the corner already. And then we get a very happy and cheerful gospel today when Jesus says, basically, everybody's going to hate you. Some are going to die because they're going to kill you. Everything's just going to be terrible. Nations are going to fight each other. Kingdoms are going to go at war. And the end is very near. Have a good Sunday. Why would the Lord tell us this if not to instill fear? To remind us that we're going to die. The end will happen, whether the end of the world, the new earth, the new heaven. But maybe before that, we will die as an individual. This month of November, as we mentioned in the past few homilies throughout Sundays and weekdays, this month of November is dedicated to that. Memento mori. Remember death. Remember that you will die. Pray for those who have gone before us. Pray that they enter the kingdom. All of these things to remind us that God is the one who is almighty. But there will be time and time and time again when the enemy is going to plot little things in our heads to warn us to turn away from him, to be overcome with this irrational, unhealthy fear of the Lord. Go back two and a half years to that beloved time that we're not going to talk about where everything was just kind of shut down. And I was a deacon at the time. We went home from the seminary. And I was living by myself at a, an empty rectory in Maripal, as if anybody knows where that is. And time and time again, I would get knock, knocks on the door. Deacon, could you bless these candles? Could you bless this scapular or this rosary? Could you do this? There's this prophecy that I heard about that this might be the end times and I want to make sure I get all my ducks in a row. That is poisonous to Christian spirituality. Hear me clearly. There is nothing that the human heart desires or needs that God himself cannot fulfill. I'm not saying private revelations are wrong, but they're given to specific people at specific times in specific places for specific reasons. And so you hear about the three days of darkness or this prophecy from Saint so-and-so. Those aren't necessarily a bad thing unless they start to take your eyes off of heaven. Think of Saint Peter. When he's called out of the boat and he says, okay, if it is you, Jesus, call me. Let me walk on the water. He says, come on. 
he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he immediately begins to sink. Fear overcame him. Moses standing on the top of the mountain when they're fighting Amalek and his armies. He starts to get tired or afraid. He lowers his arms and they start to lose. When we take our eyes and our focus off of heaven, off of the Almighty, we start to lose as well. Jesus tells us this not to instill fear, not to terrify us, but to remind us that, yes, you're going to die. But I am the one who gives you life. I am the one who satiates every desire, every thirst, every hunger, every pang that you have. I can fulfill it. We go to him. When we come back to Christ the King next Sunday, we'll be celebrating our patronal feast. Next Sunday is Christ the King, or officially our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. That's a powerful statement. The church gives us these apocalyptic scenes, if you will, in the, the readings today to remind us that, yes, the end is very near. Yes, it's going to happen. Yes, we will die. Yes, there might be suffering and maybe even death for some for the name of Jesus Christ and sake of the gospel, but we have nothing to fear. Do not take your eyes off of heaven. Look at hundreds of years of the church's history when we had martyrs who died with a smile on their face. Why? Because they knew that this life is temporary. Our bodies are weak. We get sick. We break things. We may or may not ever heal. But on the other side of this thing we're afraid of, death, waits the Almighty, waits eternal redemption, what we are promised. That is what we should focus on. Anytime anything starts to take our eyes away from Jesus, we're going to start to sink in the waves, the armies will overtake us, and we're going to be afraid and terrified. That is not of God. Fear is not of God. Joy is of God. Peace is of God. Long-suffering even is of God but not the fear. If anything instills terror in your heart, reject it. If anything makes you afraid to approach the Almighty, reject it. Yes, he's a God of justice. He knows all. He's all-powerful, but he's a God of love, and he waits for you. He created you, breathed life into you, and there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, we get nervous, death is imminent, all that fun stuff. But what happens most of all that should bring us closer to the Lord is what we take for granted the most, the Eucharist himself. And I say that intentionally. We live in a day and age when everything is very specific with language and you can't offend anybody. Well, I suggest we stop offending God when we talk about the Eucharist or the Blessed Sacrament as it. The Eucharist is a person. His name is Jesus. He is risen. He is alive. He is almighty. He's already conquered, and he gives himself to us. We celebrate the Eucharist in himself here at this Mass, at this altar, in this church, with this local community. We have nothing, brothers and sisters, to fear. We have nothing to instill terror. We have nothing to take our eyes off of the Lord. He has already conquered. He already reigns. We have already won. Let nothing take your eyes off of heaven. Let nothing distract you or pull your heart away from him. No matter how big the suffering, no matter how small the suffering, 
It is redemptive and it wins a crown for you in heaven. Claim it. It has your name on it. Be not afraid. All these things Jesus says, not a stone left on stone, the temple will crumble, it'll be crushed. But what remains is that love of the Almighty that brings us back to him forever and ever for all eternity. It's a story of victory, friends. It's our story. We're written into it. It's time for us to claim it, to step up and start living it. Don't be afraid. Don't be nervous. Most of all, let nothing, dare to let nothing take your eyes off of heaven. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.